Welcome to the uh, Sports Loft member series, where we talk to members of Sports Loft and how they're handling these crazy times of coronavirus and lockdown. Joining us today is Donnie White, co-founder and CEO of Satisfy Labs, and I am Yanni Andriopoulos, joining you from the glory of my mother-in-law's utility room in Oxfordshire. Donnie, welcome, and thank you for taking the time to join us today. Thank you. So, Donnie, give us a bit of background. What do you do, and what does Satisfy Labs do? My background is financial markets. I was at Bloomberg for 15 years, focused on algorithmic trading design, product development, then ran sales for a period of time on the trading side. It was really my partner and I both had the same financial engineering backgrounds. We thought there was an opportunity to create these search engines for sports teams or venues. And one time we were in a stadium trying to figure something out about a food item, realized it wasn't digital, wasn't searchable. So the company progressed into just creating these hyper-indexed digital data points so that you could go into a game day experience and get anything you wanted, any answer to any question in real time. So our company, Satisfy Labs, is a knowledge management platform. We index thousands of answers that fans ask every day and then provide them in real time with a matching system so you can get exactly what you want when you want it, anything from buying a ticket to finding your favorite beer or even to finding out how you could sing the national anthem. Given that the company has been around for uh, a few years now and uh, performing relatively well, give us a flavor of what your day-to-day was before this crisis hit. The, The biggest dark hole in data has always been the physical experience. So a lot of our focus, a lot of our clients utilize us for when fans are going to arenas or stadiums or music festivals. We have over 235 customers. So a lot of it was about that place and, and how to search it. As things have transitioned, now the knowledge base is just moving. So now it's transitioning from me going to a game to how I'm going to be watching a game and how I'm gonna potentially be going back to a game in a different environment. So our knowledge base is just adapting and adding new answers to new questions that didn't exist pre-COVID. How have uh, different organizations made use of your technology and what you do? What have been some interesting applications that have come out and perhaps some things that you guys didn't expect when you started out? You know, the, the one that comes to mind that's, that's super unique, NHL Seattle, Um, Like I said, the origin story was about, hey, I'm in City Field and I'm trying to get something that I want to eat. And then for NHL Seattle to apply the product a year before their venue was even ready was something I had never considered. And so what they were doing is saying, hey, let's provide a portal for fans to search our content. Let's learn about what our fans really want to see from us in our new venue, and that'll help us plan better, strategize better, and give them exactly what they want, even before it's ready. So that's my favorite deployment that that we didn't think of. I think now the ticketing and commerce products that we're building, also something I didn't think of, because we'd always been about the, hey, we want to be the Google for, uh, you know, any baseball team, the Atlanta Braves, want to be Google for the Minnesota Vikings. But now, the commerce play of answering a question with a, oh, why don't I just service you and sell you something instead of just answering your question. That's also how I've seen teams starting to adapt the product and, and leverage it. And that's, that's new for me too. 
That's great. And talk to me a little bit about that process and how you're set up in order to catch those innovations and those those developments. Is it that customers come to you and say, oh, like we really like what you do here. Let's can we try to do this? Or do you have product guys sitting there scratching their heads like you did, you know, looking for a food item and realize it wasn't digital uh, and then developing off the back of that? It's funny. We probably get a lot of credit for ideas that, that aren't ours. Uh, it's, uh, it's candidly, it's the data. So once you open up this portal and now we understand what fans are trying to do. So why are you asking us a hundred times a day, how you can buy a ticket? Like, why can't you figure that out on your own? So the, the data really guides it. Every time we go into a new area of product, like this year, we're in statistics more heavily than we have been or now we want to just provide you real-time stats. Well, that's because people are asking us for stats. And at that time, we had to point them to a website. So the data is telling the product team what fans are looking for. And then, of course, our, our customers are great in saying, hey, Donnie, I have this idea. Like, have you ever thought about? And, and everyone knows I have a deal. If it's your idea, you get it and, and help me show it to your friends. So it's kind of a combination of the data and customers. But we are not that innovative on our own. So speaking of customers, give us an idea of where Satisfy Labs is right now. How many customers do you have? How long have you been around? Give us a little bit more about the background of the company. We'll be four years old in July. So we're, we're pretty proud that a little less than half of those customers are in sports. We have about 100 uh, professional teams on the platform. You know, when we, we started the company, there was literally three, three of us. Now there's 26 of us. We're in six different cities. Headquarters is New York. Mm-hmm. Although because of the current environment, I actually think our productivity has grown since we went remote. We've actually learned new ways to communicate and, and without having a central office where there's a lot of shoulder tapping and sidebar conversations, it's actually grown, I think, uh, into being something pretty pretty cool. We are now working with Sportsloft to, to launch in Europe. And, and that's always been a big focus of mine. And we're working on a partnership right now in Japan that I think is pretty exciting. Pre-COVID, we were really just expecting to grow our core business, which was, which was physical search. And we had a plan in Q4 to launch more dynamic content like statistics and some gamification and some new channels like Apple Business Chat, which is a new platform Apple's released and Google Assistant as Google invested in our company uh, last late last year. That was a voice was always a big thing for us. So we had kind of put that in the back burner for a Q3, Q4 launch. We've moved all our development up to now. We'll be launching the end of this month, leaking into the first week of June, all of those products for uh, a huge portion of our, our customers so they can get the things they need to address the COVID fan that wasn't in our plans till later, we're just gonna move things up dramatically. So obviously the world changed quite drastically a couple of months ago now. And Satisfy Labs uh, business is based around providing value to events where people congregate together, which is now completely evaporated. So what's the real impact on your business been following that? Yeah, I think we acted really quickly with a response to Hey, listen, we're here to partner. We're here for the long term. Like, what can we do to 
provide you the products that you need now. Like, let's not sit back and say, well, you know, we have a product and, and here it is. And, you know, we'll wait for it to come back or we'll wait for you to figure out what you're going to do. We immediately went out and said, hey, listen, in, in, this, in this interim, why don't we find some other products that we have that maybe weren't originally part of our relationship, but might help you now. And isn't that a way that we can, you know, from the day that we actually saw our first COVID question in early February, and it was at a zoo with someone asking about a panda from China. So we started out with telling clients, hey, this is a thing. Like, this is a thing. Let's get answers prepared. And then we started doing some data studies on the sentiment. And then we started building new products quickly to address both the uh, how are you going to deal with ticketing and things about the closing, and then how are you going to deal with the reopening? So I think you know, we've just rapidly adjusted a lot of the products that we have in market to address it. And that's one way that we, I think we're quick to give our customers something they could use, not rest on what we've done in the past. And how's the data flow been uh, during this period? Have, have you seen, uh, I mean, my guess would be that you've seen a tailing off, but have you seen a drastic one or is it just a different type of question? Yeah, it definitely, it's definitely reduced. Uh, the, the spikes were during what you'd call like no man's land. So early March to the right. third, third week of March, as there's, you know, there's suspension of play. Are you coming back? Are you going to play next week? What if I have a ticket for next week? Like there's, there's that stage, which was kind of March. April was very, very significantly uh, lower just because people didn't ask what they knew. Uh, they knew yep. nothing was happening and, you know, what should we do? And so now it's starting to tick up a little bit. There's news about restarting in certain sports and, hey, are we back now? How, what are you thinking about? So we're starting to just see it drip up. I anticipate that by mid-May, uh, the, it'll start turning itself back to a similar level. That's that's interesting. Uh, ESPN published a report that said that uh, fans seem to be in support of restarting, uh, even if it's behind closed doors, but having some form of content. What's what's your data telling you? What insights can can you provide to us without breaching any confidentiality, of course? <laughs> about about <laughs> no, from a, at a high level. There are more, the, the sentiment of the questions is more about how, how are you keeping us safe? Like, give me the reasons to provide me safety so I can go. Yeah. It's, not, it's not a, hey, I want my money back immediately. Like that actually, even in, the, even in the early March, early April, that wasn't the immediate question. It wasn't, it was more like, hey, can I still come? Hey, what are you doing to keep me safe? So I think the, the sports fan in general in general, is more thinking about safety and their health and what are you doing for me, less about, hey, I'm just never, never coming back. Now, our customers typically are our fans because they're using the platform to learn and to get the most out of their experience. So you can. So what has the impact been on Satisfy Labs on both a human level? Uh, has everybody stayed safe and healthy? And on a business perspective, have partners come and said, we want to postpone payment? Have there been any difficulties with uh, existing clients? And, and how are those conversations going? Yeah, I mean, health-wise, the only person affected was myself that I'm aware of. And, oh, and I, checked, 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, it's at least at least I know it's handled. Um, my wife contracted early, which put me in that position as well. So we've just actually done some blood work in order to help out others and and also get some uh, something out into the market that that's helpful. So fortunately, uh, I'm glad if it was going to be one person in the company, it was me. So we'll hopefully keep it, keep it to that. Taking the hit, leading by example. I like it. Yeah, like, and at least you know if it, it if it helps the company, you know, have less fear of something that's so unknown. To say, hey, listen, I've at least experienced it. I can also be more empathetic to our employees if we're going through something. Like I can, I can understand. Business wise, though, I think for us, you know, we were very aggressive with we cut payroll, we cut marketing we cut vendor relationships we cut our as a as a tech company we cut our gross burn uh by 45 percent very quickly and and that was a very difficult thing we had to do some layoffs contractors and and just you know some some roles that weren't as needed in the current remote environment that were more focused on having like an office things like that so we went through a pretty difficult time right away saying, hey, we need to kind of, um, I have a, a saying, you know, we have to protect this house, which is, you know, we need to kind of hunker down and, and make some sacrifices for us to be ready for the unknown. And we need to go out to our customers and, and tell them that, that we're on the same page. How were you affected personally through what you had to do to, to protect the house in the early days and the layoffs and the payroll management? It's never an easy conversation, especially, I, I assume, in what is a period of great upheaval for everybody involved. So how did you handle it and how did you show that leadership? Uh, transparency. I said, look, there is a certain amount of money that I foresee we'll need to get through from now through the end of the year with an environment where who knows, you know, who knows what's going to happen to our customers, who knows what's going to happen to you know, the sports industry, we're also in the tourism industry. So it's not like people are going to museums or ski resorts or theme parks either. So thinking about our entire customer base being 100% closed down is pretty scary. So I've calculated how we can get through this. It's either I have to cut nine, about nine heads, or we could all sacrifice together and stay together. Those nine heads mean that there's probably nine, nine uh, full-time employees amount of work that would also get distributed on the rest of you. So I don't feel that we need to break up the company. I'm gonna ask everyone to take a sacrifice equally, whether you're a manager or a, um, a new employee. We took percentage uh, from the top and that's how we're in it together. I said, we won't raise anyone back until we all come back. And it's been, it was a very hard conversation I had to have the same conversation with my wife. And I think that, I think we've banded together really in kind of a beautiful way. And, and I hope that that'll end soon. But at this point I said, I can't see a place where I can put any of you out without health insurance. And yep. that's, that's a reality in our country that health insurance is tied to your employment. So how could we, you know, allow that kind of stress to be happen to our, our team? So our team is, I think our team is great. Like I, I love our company and, and that's probably the, this is the hardest thing I've ever had to do in my career ever. And I hope that when this is over, it'll be the 
still always be the hardest thing. Yeah. (laughs) This should be it. This should be it. (laughs) We talked a bit about the difficulties and kind of how you've addressed them and and the leadership that you showed. Um, And it's great to hear that, you know, you kind of uh, led from the front in terms of this uh, general feeling that I think we're all feeling of, of positivity towards the world and each other in these difficult times, sort of a human banding together. What opportunities do you foresee both now in in this in this shall we call it fallow period, but also in coming out of this and uh, when people want to come back and start experiencing uh, you know shared moments and going to arenas and concerts and zoos and venues again? Like we were thinking in our, in our target audiences, we'd always targeted the fan as the that he or she who goes to a game. And now we just flip the lid on saying, well, we should just target the fan who is the fan. And whether they're a fan in New York whose whose team is in Cincinnati or someone in Cincinnati who goes to a game in Cincinnati, like both of those things need to be accounted for. So I just think it expanded our reach. So the audience that we'll be able to address in the next 30 days when we announce some new products is, hey, it's your entire fan base not just the one that, that comes to your game. I think secondarily, we have all taken for granted attending a sports match. And like, if you were to ask me about something that I thought would never be taken away from me because of cost or access or whatever, then, then that would be an area that now I can't wait to go back to City Field or Yankee Stadium. So I do find that, that we've taken this for granted and it's pretty pretty amazing that we'll come back. And this brings us to the final question. You're working with a lot of rights holders and keeping a key eye on the market, I'm sure. Tell us who you think has done well and why. And annex to that question, what do you think the biggest learning will be for you coming out of this difficult period? I love what the teams are doing. Like I think the sports teams, both ones I follow and clients of ours, have said, hey, how can we change content? How can we leverage? Like I just watched a game that I watched 14 years ago as if I had seen it for the first time and, and the team was supporting, hey, listen, look at the throwback. And they had players like on Twitter and engaging with, I remember that tackle or I remember that pass. So I think the creativity of how to reuse content, make it new and repackage has been fascinating and how they're constantly having to come up with something during this, this dark time. So, you know, I hats off to a lot of the, the teams. I think from a learnings perspective, I think as you think about what could be your vulnerability, like what's the thing that you bet against? And we had always said, well, everything will be fine as long as people go to the live events. And so to see that like ripped away in mm-hmm. such short order, I think from my learning, it's you know one of the things I just wrote about the company is remove vulnerability of physical events. And, and that's just something that I'd never addressed, never considered it. But now I'm thinking about, well, what's the other vulnerability mm. that could affect us? And what's the other thing that it's not pandemic level, but you know what are we also not doing? Well, listen, Donnie, thank you very much for taking the time. Um, fantastic to see uh, all day uh, in <laughs> behind your head. <laughs> That's right. <laughs>
I wish you and the team all the best. Very glad that you bounced back from COVID-19 to be here with us today and very much look forward to seeing what comes from Satisfy Labs in the future. Great. Thank you so much. I, I appreciate it. Thank you.